Welcome to episode 12 of the Mia Sunroat podcast. Uh, this one is obviously going to be titled Injuries, Injuries, and More Injuries. Uh, going to discuss a few matches today. There was a tidy win against Augsburg, a messy win at Anderlecht, and a somewhat disappointing loss at Gladbach. Um, what was imperious form under Jupp Henkes has lately taken a slow slide down with mounting serious injury problems. Today we're going to talk about those, plus a bit of the annual general meeting, and maybe a bit about uh, Sandro Wagner to Bayern. Uh, with me today, I'm so happy to have uh, Toby from Mia Sun Road, uh, and you'll know him from Red Robbery on Twitter. Uh, give everybody a shout, Toby. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but before we get get into the three matches we do have to discuss. Let's start off with the annual ego stroking of the uh, Yaris Hauptversammlung, uh, Toby. Unlike uh, many other teams, uh, AGMs, Bayern's is between two and three hours of we have record this and profit that. It's generally always good news, and then we all get back on with our lives. Still, there were a few things of note. Toby, did you get to catch the whole thing? Um... To be honest, I could have, but I decided not to because, well, as you said, the uh, financial part is solid. It's uh, more or less the same every year. Numbers going up, things looking good. And I wasn't really in the mood for uh, Uli Hoeneß shit talking. So, yeah. <laughs> I I can't say that I blame you. I did uh, <laughs> I did have it on in the background and then like switched it back and forth to actually watch it um, to hit some high points. And like, of course, like you said, you know, all the financial stuff is always good news. Um, but there were a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, just for me, the uh, the the record number of two hundred and ninety thousand worldwide members is is something of note. And um, I was thinking about that only because just through membership alone, I think it costs, I don't know, it comes out of my checking account, just comes out. I never see it. It's, what is it, 59 euro annually? Yeah, I think it's depending on age and all that. But I think, yeah, 50, 60, that's a realistic number. Right. So that times 290,000 people, Byron is bringing in over 17 million Per, per year on membership alone. That's quite, quite a number, actually. Right? That gets you like a mediocre player. <laughs> 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 I'm just doing the math, and, and maybe it does, uh, I, it'll probably average out a little less, especially I'm not quite at um, getting a senior citizenship discount left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that comes in another fifteen years or so, but that that was just the math judging from the uh, from the fifty nine fifty nine euro a year. But yeah, that's 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 amazing. I don't know. That just struck me as like, God damn, that's a lot of money for people to sign up to get the magazine and a fancy looking uh, card, you know? Yeah, but that gets me wondering, like what I'd really be interested in is hearing what exactly was the reason for people to sign up? Because I do think for for many, at least uh, those that live in Germany or close to it, it probably was the main thing uh, 
being able to get tickets or at least have a chance to get tickets. Right. You know, for for because obviously I'm based in the United States, for us Americans, and now that I can't travel anyway, it's basically just to get the magazine and to have a pretty looking business card thingy. Yeah, exactly. So like some I mean, you know, some years you get to uh, go to matches more often some not so often and when you're in a year where you don't attend that many matches you kind of start wondering what exactly did i spend all that money on because <laughs> I, I mean me personally I, I don't even get the magazine anymore i used to read it but after a while it got kind of i don't know repetitive and stale for me personally so i, I don't even get that it's money for god knows supporting a club that's brilliantly financially even without me so it's, <laughs> do they really it's, do they really need it, your 59 euros <laughs> <laughs> or to cover the lunch of uh, one of the players or something <laughs> yeah yeah and, and and that does i mean it's more of i guess an ego thing than anything else and and we all know that uh, uh, Bayern Munich supporters egos are pretty firmly in place. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Before anybody starts to kick my ass, we're going to move on to the next point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so finally, uh, uh, Dr. Driesen uh, got on the mic and, and started talking about what a lot of Bayern fans will be excited about. Um, uh, the 2008 uh, inclusion of branded uh, FC Bayern seats at the Allianz Arena. And uh, there were a few pictures shown, and none of them really looked that great. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a little bit more. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I was expecting a little bit more. Um, Toby, your your feelings on, on red seats or red and white, as it looks like it's going to be? Um, I... Absolutely think they should change the colors. They should make it look more like a Bayern home than a generic stadium. Right. I was for many years a big fan of the all red uh, seating plan that many fans, I think, were dreaming of. I do have to admit, I think there was an image by Dresden uh, that showed like half of the Bundesliga stadiums uh, are all red seats and Allianz Arena wouldn't be looking that much different. So I do get their idea to go in a bit of a different direction. But the grayish color, I don't know, can't they at least get like a proper shining white seats to make it look more eye-popping, more aggressive? Right. I think probably the uh, the thing behind that is going to be the wear, <clears throat> pardon me, the wear and tear and the dirt involved not to say bavarians are dirty <laughs> um but but i mean that's kind of i mean that's the only reason i could see you know and it's hard to keep white plastic white when the sun shines on it too because it tends to yellow out that, yeah that's a good point actually yeah so, um, as far as looking different than every other stadium, I mean, it already does from the outside. You know, it's such an outlier that, again, I'm all for all red. 
I don't like that white crap. And it sounds like you don't really like it as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, carrying on, um, probably the most uh, surprising piece of news to come out of the JHV uh, was uh, Costa to Juve for $46 million. And that made me laugh for about five minutes straight. Um, and, and, Un- and until you realize that they spent forty of those on Toliso, yeah, I assume. <laughs> yeah, but hey, if we can <laughs> if we can recoup that money plus a little bonus, then I'm uh, you know it's not the end of the world. <laughs> and the only reason why why it made me laugh is because you know, and uh, Toby and most other people know that when players want to leave Bayern. Bayern just lets them go. So they make really, really shitty exit deals all the time, right? Yeah. That was a surprise this time around. Right. So to actually uh, to actually do something positive, and I feel like that's kind of an extravagant amount of money for Douglas Costa. Uh, so, yeah, hey, good news for once. It's not um, he wants to go here and they don't want to pay, but... And we have money to lose, so we'll just send X player to Y club for 10 million euro. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of crazy to me, at least, that um, they got at least twice as much. I don't, I don't have the exact numbers in mind, but should be twice as much as they got for uh, maybe Binatia when mm-hmm. they sold him to you, who to me is a better center back than Costa is, is a winger. If you can compare the, like the the tiers they're on. Okay, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you, but okay, <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, I think the problem with me and uh, Benatia was uh, the injuries all the time. Yeah, but Costa was injured quite a bit too, wasn't he? Yes, it? yes, and both had fairly crappy attitudes <laughs> at Bayern. <laughs> But I want to say that Costas was more because he wanted to be a showboat and and Medi Benatias was more because he was injured all the time. Yeah, and I think like his family wasn't happy living in Germany and all that and I mean that's that's a legit point. That's something you have to accept like when when the family of a player isn't happy, there's not much you can do. Of course not. We don't have to go home with him. Only he has to go home to them. Correct? <laughs> as far as I know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that. No, never mind. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, and also my favorite bit was um, Kale was Karl-Heinz Rummenigge having to talk about Carlo <laughs> and Jelani. <laughs> Because we all know uh, Carlo was a Kale guy, and and um, just to sit there and have to watch him eat crow for a few minutes <laughs> <laughs> make uh, makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, uh, you know, between Kale and Ule, they're both blowhards, and 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 you know, sometimes you just don't want to listen to them talk at all, uh, right, Toby? That's why you skipped it in the first place? 100%. (laughs) But I was totally down for having to listen to Rimenega talk about Carlo Ancelotti. That was fun. I think that's the first... 
I think that's the first time anyone has ever looked forward to hearing him speak. <laughs> you may be absolutely right. He, he's, su- he's such an awful speaker. Like even when he says something that's absolutely correct, the way he says it, it's oh, oh it's difficult to listen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, um, enough about that, right? Shall we get into the matches? I guess we have to. Uh, well, it starts out well, and then it turns out really bad. So, you know, the more depressed you get about listening to us, feel free to hit stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Listen to the whole thing, because, you know, we all have to win together, and we all have to lose together. So this is what this is. Um, first up, we're going to talk about the Augsburg match. Um, which is by and far the highest point of this podcast and maybe the only good point (laughs) was the 3-0 fairly easy standard victory for Bayern Uh, goal scored uh, Arturo Vidal scored in the 31st minute um, with an assist from Sule Uh, seven minutes later Lewandowski scored with an assist from Vidal and in the second half just four minutes in Lewandowski scored his brace with an assist from Joshua Kimmich Um, so who was man of the match for you was it Vidal or was it uh, Lewandowski Mm, yeah I think it was Vidal and before Lewandowski it might even be James Rodriguez but uh, Vidal on top for sure yeah yeah and and yes I love your I love your uh, James thing and we're going to talk about him more in just a minute but I also might have chosen Bernat uh, just um, his first match back not playing at left back but playing on left wing because of Bayern doesn't have anybody left to play anywhere. Um, but he didn't really miss a step coming back from injury. There, there was no slowdown. There was no hesitation. There was no anything. I thought it was a really great performance from him on the wing with Rafinha backing him up at left back. Oh, yeah. I, I love the guy anyway, and that was a pretty good performance. I liked it. For sure. Um, so, uh, Toby, your thoughts on the uh, 4-1, 4-1 um, and how well it operated under the circumstances? It was a pretty, pretty um, basic, normal thing, not too far away from the performances of the last few, uh, formations of the last few weeks and months. The main point, I think, was the central midfields worked out rather well, with uh, especially James doing a pretty good job as a playmaker. And then you also have to say that Bayern always play well when they take the lead, at home especially. And they did take the lead uh, by a set piece and a clear uh, individual mistake by the opponent and from that on it was the the thing was over basically yeah for sure Um, you can't you can't make those little individual mistakes against Bayern at home I would definitely agree Um, and yes James James played very well in a spot that you would normally consider um, Thiago to play correct 
We, well, yeah. What eventually, when they're both fit, like to see them both with uh, Hamas being a bit uh, more advanced. But he, he took over that creative role that Tiago usually does. That's definitely the case here. And then, uh, what was I going to say? Um, let's talk about Hamas's growing importance to the team. It's apparent for everyone watching the team. I mean, it's two factors. The first one is that, of course, it took him some time to settle in, to get used to the teammates and all that stuff. And also, there's a bit of a shortage of creative players uh, at the moment. So he's one of a few who can really... uh, take that role and do a decent job with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, Hank has had some coach, uh, some uh, something to say about Vidal post-match that um, he, like the rest of us, have been worried about what the hell Vidal is doing on and off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he had a little conversation with him, and and uh, this match, um, ne- not only was the result, but needed to be the result for Vidal at that time. Of course, this is all going to head south as we talk about the next two matches, but just talking about the Augsburg game, this was a, a very good, um, not-so-Tasmanian-Devilly performance from Vidal like the ones that we're used to seeing yeah that was one of the few recent performances that uh, made him resemble the world class midfielder he used to be do you think um, do you think he's at Bayern after past this season he might be I don't know uh, but I do think he shouldn't be hmm that's maybe that's the better question. <laughs> I think a lot of that. Uh, okay, I I didn't even think about that. But thinking about that, I think a lot of that will will have to do with the Rookrinde, right? So we're just gonna kind of limp into the end of this half of the season. Um, we'll talk about more about the injuries later. So there's not really a choice to play with or without Vidal, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not too much going on besides what else do we have big? Uh, the Dortmund, uh, the Pokal match. Anything else? Oh, and, PS- um, and PSG. Well, that's probably the least important match of the upcoming month, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, big as far as like. The opponents? Opponents, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's... I mean, yeah. we're Bayern is already going through in second place and nothing is going to change that, so... Right. Right. But, you know, you get embarrassed again on a world stage and then it doesn't have anything to do with the club necessarily, right? Because the position is not going to improve either way. But I think morally or more from a mental standpoint, the PSG game is important. Yeah, it could lead to like a short to medium term mental issue 
when they have to face the next big team, which eventually they will have to in the Champions League. It might handicap them when, when they have these failures in mind and think they can't beat the big guns anyway. Right, right. Thankfully, though, the round of 16 is not until the end of February, correct? So, Yeah, I think so, yeah. So that gives time enough for every... How many players are injured? 21? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Completely lost. Uh, uh, I don't know. Everybody. Um, <laughs> to get healthy under the under the guise of the great Dr. Muller-Wolfhart. <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. <laughs> Oh dear, what have we done? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> back to the future. Oh, uh-huh. we're definitely back to the future. <laughs> okay, um, do you have any other thoughts on Augsburg? Like, uh, tactically, it wasn't like super interesting. It was really kind of normal, like just yeah, it a was. regular old Bayern victory, correct? Exactly. Like, just the most average Bayern home victory you can think of five minutes after the game it's forgotten and that's it yeah well okay so let's move a step down (laughs) we'll be a couple steps down by the end of this let's move a step down to the the RSC Anderlecht Champions League match Um, this was a a 2-1 victory for Bayern at Anderlecht, uh, no goals scored in the first half, which was a little bit strange and maybe worrying. Uh, but in the second half, we were treated to th- all three goals. The 51st minute, uh, Lewandowski scored and with a Tolisso assist. In the 63rd minute, uh, Hani equalized for Anderlecht. And uh, with, how do you say his name? Is it Teo- Teodor? Teo- Teodorczyk, I think. (laughs) I'm sorry, all the CYZs always tend to mess me up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was the equalizer. And then um, with just about 15 minutes left, uh, Tolisso got on the board for Bayern in Champions League action with a Joshua Kimmich assist. Uh, where where Vidal was man of the match against Augsburg, uh, Bayern's other troubled midfielder, Quentin Tolisso, could have been here. But even though he scored a goal and an, and an assist, uh, what went wrong for him positionally, Toby? Uh, that's probably the wrong question because things went horribly for everyone in, in that match. That was completely shocking and unacceptable uh, performance. The the first half was one of the worst Bayern halves I've seen since I don't even know Van Gaal or Klinsmann or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, they, they they could have been down three or four goals against an incredibly mediocre at best. Uh, Belgian side that hadn't scored a single goal in four matches, uh, if I remember correctly. Right. So Tolisso, he's still a bit uh, in that weird spot uh, where his 
role and what he adds to the team still isn't exactly sure. He started out pretty well at Bayern in that uh, right central midfielder position where he covered Kimmich quite a lot and all that. But Kimmich seems to have learned to take care of all that by himself already, so that's not exactly something he has to do anymore, even less so with uh, the Javi Martinez uh, midfield thing. So he's still, uh, maybe not still, but again in the position where it's not sure what exactly is he supposed to do. Would you agree that... um Anytime I watch him play for France, he seems to play a lot more organized. He's just more organized and um, composed, I say, playing for the French national team. Is that something that you might agree with? Absolutely possible, because the French national team is also way more suited for these vertical midfielders when you look at all the other guys they have like Pogba and, and these types of players uh, the team is full of them so their tactical structure is way better suited for, for Toulouse than the Bayern game which is still like a bit of possession football and with some counter-attacking and Jesus Christ knows what else <laughs> A smidge of this, a little bit of that. (laughs) Do you think, would you agree that Bayern are still somewhat trying to find their identity again under Henkes? Yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure if they'll find it under him or if the best thing he can do is like put what they have into a structure that kind of works. Right, as a just as he is a holdover coach until somebody comes next summer. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hmm. Uh, like maybe like a sort of keep it simple, stupid sort of attitude, right? If he really only wants to stay for half a year, which he seems to be really bent on, and which I do think is the right uh, decision. I don't see a point in completely rebuilding everything this team has done and just bring back the possession structure and uh, make it a bit looser that they can uh, adapt to other situations as well. But I don't think he has the time or the, I'm afraid to say, the knowledge to completely rebuild everything they have. I would I would definitely agree with that. Um <laughs> So, of course, it got really bad for an already bad first half for Bayern Munich. It got even exponentially worse towards the end of the first, losing uh, Thiago and Arjen Robin in the space of five minutes. Um, how how did how did Henkes uh, cope with these changes, or did he? Of course, there aren't too many options he can go to at this point. Yeah, that was pretty much what was to be expected not many options he didn't make any big uh, formation adjustments which could have been an option but he seems to trust the that general 4141433 formation so when you do consider him staying in that uh, structure there there wasn't much he could have done 
it still did surprisingly end up positive and at least Bayern got the win it would have been a total embarrassment (laughs) oh yeah oh my gosh could you believe it (laughs) (laughs) against such a team what do they have two points I don't even know if they have two gosh I'm not looking it up but it sucks whatever Um, I think it just maybe maybe one more thing before we carry on to the next step down. Um, uh, Friedel debuted on the left wing and uh, did did a pretty good job. Well, an acceptable job, I would say. Yeah. Uh, well, pretty he, pretty good means acceptable. Pretty. Good. Yeah, for for, for <laughs> the player he is and the situation he was in, he did a good job. He wasn't uh, like a like a negative factor in that match, but you could see that he, <coughs> if he really wants to make it at this club, <coughs> there's. No problem. Uh, there's still a lot to be uh, learned, so uh, he didn't convince me that much. Would um, <clears throat> if Bernat has a has a um, a fit Rukrinda? Do you think Bernat will try and leave again? It's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely on his way out, and and definitely auditioning. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm choking to death. Definitely auditioning spectacularly um, in the pre in the preseason for that left back spot, and I think you and I probably totally agree that he was a better option than David Alaba looking forward. Of course, it changed with his injury, and Alaba has been or was playing rather well until his injury again <laughs> oh my gosh it's like rotational nightmare but <laughs> but you've got to figure that with almost any coach that comes in Alaba is still going to be first choice he, he is too good to be a backup there aren't that many great left backs uh, in football, so a player of his caliber could easily walk into almost every side and be a regular. So for him personally, I don't see how it makes sense to stay at Bayern. I'm very glad to have him. Absolutely. And I definitely feel the same. And... Mm. That's just kind of a crappy situation <laughs> because you're absolutely right. Uh, Juan Bernat does not deserve to sit on a bench. Anything uh, Anything else about uh, that crap match at Anderlecht? <laughs> it was horrible, completely horrible. And yeah, that's about that's, it. Right? <laughs> let's, let's leave it at that. I don't want to think about that anymore. And then, most recently, uh, Bayern took their their bogey trip, <laughs> their semi-annual butt-kicking from Gladbach. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Anyway, <laughs> they uh, finally lose their first match under Hink- Henkes, uh 
this was, what, the 10th match? Or it would have been the 10th match that Hankus won in a difficult uh, 2-1 away loss. This was kind of a shame. Uh, the 39th minute, uh, Hazard scored a pen- penalty from a Sule handball. We'll get more on that in a second. Uh, just five minutes later, uh, Ginter scored the second for Gladbach uh, with a Stindl assist. And in the 74th minute, <coughs> I'm seriously dying here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Take your time. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Vidal got one back for Bayern. Um, the first half was poor, like the Anderlecht first half, I think, but for different reasons. I don't know if that is that even possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't as poor, I have to say. Um, and the reasons were quite uh, different because uh, against Anderlecht, um, the positioning and team structure was so off that they repeatedly got caught uh, in no man's land. Whereas against Gladbach, it more seemed like individual mistakes, uh, everybody struggling to play a decent pass and a complete lack of control and creativity in midfield. Yeah, definitely. The control the control hurt a lot. Um, and looking at the 4-3-3, uh, what could Hankus have done about it? Not really anything, really. He... I do think he could have made some 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 tactical changes but but on the other hand you do have to say that like Sebastian Rudi should have been the one to step up and take control he kind of did but then again not really too much uh, kind of a disappointing performance Tolisso Vidal all of them not that great uh, yeah, and then of course, I mean, they're not exactly helped by uh, Javi Martinez uh, being behind them. That's uh, and of course, I think you wanted to talk about him, Niklas Zule, who was a complete non-factor in the build-up match. Right, and and uh, that's what separates him from from Mats Hummels and Jerome Boateng, right? Yeah, and it kind of got me worried against Gladbach because it's totally acceptable if his passes aren't as creative and great. I mean, neither are uh, those of Martinez. But the way he seemed to be completely disconnected from the uh, from the possession game, from the ball rotation, that kind of shocked me. He just stood there with uh, Rudi, Tolisso, Kimmich, anyone who's close to him, covering the same area and uh, grabbing the ball instead. That's something that really cannot happen when you play at Bayern because that team needs everyone to be able to pass the ball and to be a safe choice for a pass. Because otherwise, you're outnumbered. And when, when you play teams like Bayern has to play week in, week out, teams that focus on defending, on sitting back and counterattacking. You need every man you can have and not have like someone just stand around and wait for defending actions to happen. Right. I think it I think it goes without saying that um 
players, you need to be mobile to uh, get your triangles going and, and to and to make yourself available for every pass and every position. I think something that uh, Pep Guardiola did very well at Bayern and better than probably anyone else does it in the world is makes players see that sort of positional sort of adjustments that they have to make every second and every minute of every match. Yeah, uh, I have to say I wasn't exactly sure if that was something Zula struggled with because to me it seemed like he was in the right positions. There just was, uh, for whatever reason, a complete lack of belief in, in his abilities so that someone else always went to occupy a similar position. Mm. Kind of like they had to help him out because he couldn't get it done by himself. Uh, that's worrying because it's not something you fix it it seemed more like there was a lack of trust or something like that it kind of got me worried because that's something you really cannot afford um what do you think so okay so uh who who did the write-up for mia sunroll was it felix uh yeah felix uh. felix uh thought about it a little bit differently Go ahead. Zule uh, still has a lot to work on. He's a talented defender, but not a flawless defender. His passing still isn't the greatest. He's had some good matches, some matches where it's looked very bad. Um, but yeah, I do think it's it's a bit of both sides. Him working on it and, and the team... May, I don't know if they have to gain trust, but... It, Something was really off. Probably all all sides were involved, and all sides have to work on it together. Yeah, um, a little bit of all of the above sounds right. Um, would you agree that that was a harsh penalty? Because Sule uh, was definitely all about that not being a penalty at all. <laughs> harsh, yes, <laughs> be- be- because uh, you. Could have argued that it wasn't like a like an intentional thing, but it did look like enough of an active arm movement uh, to be called a penalty. I, I wasn't upset about it. It's a kind of decision that kind of sucks because it's you know it's a penalty call for something that didn't have that much of an impact, but then again, it, it's an acceptable one. <laughs> And then, as if we didn't have enough to worry about, of course, Christoph Kramer saw his way off the pitch with another injury. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) I have it written down in my notes that he's never going to have a full career. Like, he's he's like the Bodstuber of... Christoph, uh, Christoph Kramer. <laughs> Is that horrible? Poor guy. He just looks really confused and like really sweet all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't help but laugh about it, but it's uh, really something you need to worry about because who knows what life he's going to live in 10 or 20 years with all those head injuries. Yeah. That's- A- anything could happen from that. Yeah, it's definitely not good. Um, but joining him on the head injury list was uh, Hamas Rodriguez, who went down with a concussion in a collision with Friedel. Um, and this is 
not good for Bayern at all. Um, it's what's what's going to happen next week? <laughs> very very good question. <laughs> uh, pray that Iron Robben uh, comes back. That maybe Thomas Müller can come back. Aside from that. Oh, you really need some some creative guys and guys who who can make an attack happen. Yeah, and Thiago's out for what three months? Yeah, at least I would say. Oh, goodness gracious! Despite all of that crap, though, Bayern did get markedly better in the second half. Um, I think the 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 XG map ended up like five uh, Gladbach shots to Bayern's twenty seven. Um, mm -hmm. how, why did this get better? Do you think, Toby? Um, well, first of all, of course, the normal thing for Gladbach to do was to sit back and defend a two-goal lead. They were probably where the Bayern were all out of creative guys, so sitting back and just letting them cross uh, the ball isn't the worst idea. Bayern had like I don't know, like over forty crosses or something. Wasn't Kimmich, Kimmich, was that like 17 or something? Crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but you do have to be glad because he's at least the guy who can cross the ball decently. Right. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. And he did whip in some, some great attempts, especially I think it was like minute 60 going forward where Bayern really took control of the match and, and Gladbach was just holding on for dear life at that point. Yeah, they probably could have equalized, though I don't think it would have been deserved. Hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna concede that I can see that and try and get out of my <laughs> fandom and into my, <laughs> into my. I'm not biased at all. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Part of what I do, um, but but we we discussed it a little bit. It, is it all gloom and doom going forward? <sighs> going forward in the next weeks or the rest of the season? No, for the next weeks. It's going to be difficult. There there have to be some changes. I don't think that Heinkes can continue going down the same path he's gone down for a month now uh, when you, you we don't know yet how long uh, James will be out for but it, let's just say he'll be out for a few weeks then you'll be left with a midfield that's very very handicapped in terms of uh, creativity so you do have to come up with a different solution What what might that solution look like? It's difficult to come up with anything because, <laughs> right, because, right, of, all, exactly. no, because of all these injuries. Uh, I would have said, like, you could think about playing both Alaba and Bernard, but who knows when they will be back. Uh, you could try uh, putting Kimmich in, in a midfield role and... Rafinha at the uh, right back position. You might even try com going completely uh, back three. I mean, what Bayern are doing now is uh, 
like 45% back three already, so it wouldn't be that much of a difference, except that you could push some other players forward a bit more and put them where they have to be. That's that's what I was kind of thinking about the the second half of that Gladbach match. Like, bring Boateng in and just do a back three. Yeah, at times, at least, I, th- I think it was very close to a back three because uh, Javi Martinez does drop very deep at times. So when they have the ball, it sometimes looks like it, but it's not a real back three, and it's it doesn't give the fullbacks that complete uh, attacking force that they might want to have. So it might be an option to like go for it for real and try something else. It didn't seem like uh, Kingsley Coman had too much trouble coming back, even though he was probably supposed to sit on the bench the entire match. Um, and he was definitely necessary and needed, unfortunately, in that second half. Um, but it turned out, turned out a pretty, I think, decent performance from him as well, yeah? Uh, yeah, it was all right. I mean, he, he didn't change uh, the match, uh, but he, he, he had no chance to because he was brought on against the team sitting deep defending and his teammates were completely struggling to get anything going. So what was he supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. He still got a few good crosses in. And, and, and I guess maybe, thankfully, he didn't get hurt again (laughs) that's a very good point yeah and really uh for Bayern supporters that's the only good points (laughs) (laughs) hey he played 90 minutes and he didn't get hurt this is awesome (laughs) do you have um, same every year isn't it yeah i know right you start getting into late november and you're like Come on, winter break. And the winter break is shorter this year, too. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But um, any any last thoughts on, on Gladbach that you would like to mention? Hmm. Uh, maybe a few words on Lewandowski. Sure. Because... He's so difficult for me as a Bayern fan to judge this guy. He He's a fabulous player, a brilliant striker. I, I couldn't think of a better option. But once again, you saw that as a teammate, he's so difficult at times <laughs> like when, when, when there's a pa- there's a pass he won he wants to receive but he doesn't receive when he loses a tackle when something goes wrong you you seem so frustrated it's almost like, like he's uh, the brother of Cristiano Ronaldo or something that like, just like being being sad and all by himself <laughs> I, I do wish he would stop that and just get on with it yeah, uh, do you think that happens um, if a second striker is brought in? I don't think that would make a difference. Interesting. So it'd be up. To, uh, <laughs> it would be. It would be. It would be up the. It would be up to the coach to pull him instead of him changing his attitude. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just a few months ago that he complained that he didn't play enough to like win the scoring title and, and shit like that. Right. And then a few months later, he says he shouldn't be playing all the time because he gets exhausted. He has no idea what he wants. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair assessment. And it's also a fair assessment to say that that it would it would be up to the trainer, whoever that is, if it's Hengis or whoever it is next season, yeah. to make those decisions for him. And I do oh, yeah. get that. I think that a lot I think that especially in this match and and we talked about the lack of creativity on the pitch and especially nothing coming from the wing play which we're used to seeing from Bayern except for Kimmich of course in the second half um so it, it i think to me Lewandowski's problems in this match were kind of in a conflation of events whether it was the deep line Gladbach and and they really did an excellent job defending uh, Lewandowski on the day. P.S. That um, plus the lack of creativity in general and then wing play for a large period of the match, probably the first 60 minutes or so. And then his attitude. And I think even those times he, he drops back to grab balls in the midfield or, or try and, you know, like grab the match and put it on his shoulders and take it all the way. Um, I would say you're absolutely correct, Toby, in, in saying that, you know, he does kind of give up, you know, and start looking down and kicking rocks on the pitch when, when stuff doesn't happen for him the way that he wants it to. Oh, yeah. But still, he was one of the better players. Yeah. Well, duh, it's Lewandowski. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, really, we've kind of hauled ass through this podcast. This is awesome. <laughs> but uh, before we go, uh, let's talk a little bit about Sandro Wagner and the rumors that <laughs> he's leaving Hoffenheim and coming to Bayern to be a backup striker for the rock-kicking Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, he, he seems to want that. Um, Bayern seems to want that when you exclude your Pinkus. Uh, there does seem to be a bit of a disagreement in terms of the fee right now. But, uh, I mean... Why would Hoffenheim go cheap when they have a German international uh, who whom they have to sell? Why would they say, "Come on, let's sell him for eight million" when they can get uh, seventeen or eighteen million? Completely reasonable, in my opinion. If Bayern really want him, that's that's an amount they can easily pay. Right. It, so talks seem to have stalled. I think the last t- last thing I saw was fifteen. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, um, his market value is around five million, according to Transfermarkt. Um, uh, he's an old guy. He's you know, even though even though he's extended his contract. So m- my whole part of the thing is is when I did when I did the the World Cup selection uh, podcast. What was it? The last one? The one before? The last one, I think. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, we had discussed Wagner at length and that he would definitely be included mm-hmm. in the team along with Werner, like the two forwards mm-hmm. that were definitely going. So what, what happens or what happened to make him think being a guy that plays 15, 20 minutes every second match or, or whatever was going to help his his World Cup selection with love. So the only thing that I could think of is that did, he, did Yogi have a talk with him and be like, man, you might not, but I can't see that. Yeah, I don't think he would do that because that would really kill the player's motivation. Right. But then why why agree if you're if you're pretty much a sure thing to go to World Cup, why agree? Is it is it Yogi trusts the Bayern system so well? I mean, that wouldn't surprise me either. Or I don't know. I do think that's a good point. Uh being a backup striker at Bayern is not the same as being the backup striker at uh, Bremen or Hannover or something like that. You you still get some opportunities to play at a big stage. You still get lots of attention. And even with the practice and all that, I, still, I think Löw can rely on him. You're still getting to practice with half of the national team anyway. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. I can't I can't quite get my head around it. He, he likes money, he likes Bavaria. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, backup striker, it's like backup goalkeeper at Bayern, you know. You sit on the bench, you get a couple million a year. Shabba dabba. You're in Munich, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also you have to consider that he hasn't had the the straightest career path so to say he's been like in the second division for many years and all that so he might be in the spot where he says right now I'm at my personal peak and I do want to turn that into a couple of extra millions per year Yeah. so so why wouldn't I do that 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 also makes sense like I said it's just weird 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 in a world cup year yeah, the timing is odd. He could easily do it like uh, at the beginning of next season or something like that. Sure. Um, so, so what do you think? You, Byron's will Byron go for like eighteen million? I can't see them nickel and diming like three million. I don't know. Colin, I mean that that would be so pathetic after spending like over eighty million on Sanchez and Toliso. Right. To, and then all of a sudden try and save money for a guy that would, could actually do something. Yeah, a guy who's uh, kind kind of proven at least, right. uh, who, who's, who's a known quantity. And uh, if they really want him, they'll do it. I don't know if they want him. Personally, I was never huge on the backup striker talks because I don't think you can find someone who's good enough for the role who will shut up and be quiet for long enough to do it but but Wagner might just be a special set of events coming together that that, that might really be one of a few options to to do that 
And honestly, when you when you consider all things involved, he's probably the best option that nobody really realized would could or would be an option up until a month ago. Correct. Well, yeah, I mean, I've called for signing for a few years now. Oh, well, for other reasons. Besides you, Toby. Besides (laughs) you. (laughs) No, I mean, nobody would have expected that. Like with the last two or so years he's had that were like constantly going up in value. I don't think anyone considered him an option. Like maybe maybe in two, three, four years, yeah. But right now, when he's hitting his personal peak, uh, that is a surprise. So who um, who else might be on your list? The Pizarro list, you mean? Yeah, the the, the <laughs> Claudio Pizarro. List. I mean, I'd still put Claudio Pizarro on that list. Anytime he wants. Yeah, for sure. I don't care. I don't care if he's 45. He can come back and sit on the bench. No problem. (laughs) I've been thinking about that for probably months now. I haven't been able to come up with a single name. Mario Gomez, but not in a World Cup year. First of all, that... He does seem to have a bit of a comfortable role right now in Wolfsburg. Not much attention on him. I don't think that would make much sense for him because he'd immediately back be back in the spotlight. He doesn't seem to enjoy. And for Bayern, because I don't think he's the kind of player you can put on for like 20 minutes and hope for the best he needs rhythm he needs development into the match yeah 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 i mean i really only want it because i love mario gomez and also because i want to push the gomez button (laughs) which is the goddamn dumbest reason to have him back but i don't care (laughs) i I worse. (laughs) he's so hot that's the other thing i would say Um, so, uh, other than that, do anything else for us to discuss today? Um, before we two get injured, I would say no. <laughs> this is perfect. Well, um, all right then. We're going to leave it off for now. Uh, Toby, thank you so much for doing this. I know we've kind of like jammed all this together and keep missing each other. But I'm, I'm really, really happy you could be on with me today. Um, Toby can be found on miasunroad.de and miasunroad.com as well. And on Twitter, where can we uh, get you at? Everybody knows this, but say it anyway. At Red Robbery. Yes. It's the best Bayern fan account ever. Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely nope. not. Absolutely. Plus, there's a lot of Simpsons going on all the time, which is awesome. That, that is true, yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of TV, are you watching any shows lately? Anything good? Um, uh, Gomorrah. I don't know if you know that. No. It's an Italian production. Oh. Is you it should on, check it out. Is it on Netflix? Uh, I don't think so, actually. I have to, like, go illegal on that? and uh, uh, I, I cannot recommend any ways to watch that, uh, but... Nope. 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty good, I think. Gamora, like Sodom and Gamora, like the biblical tale. Yeah, the, the you should you should be able to find it under any spelling. I think it's like based on whether it's the Italian or the English spelling, they're different, but you should be able to find it. Okay, right on. So I'm rewatching um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Okay. And I watch with uh, everybody that is fans of the Zweite Bundesliga will know him, um, Johnny Walsh. So we watch, okay. ma- we watch matches together. So he's based in Northern Ireland, and I'm here in the States. <laughs> and <clears throat> we sit at our computers and watch episodes and talk trash about everything on Facebook <laughs> Messenger while it's going on. And it's absolutely... <laughs> It is so much fun. I highly recommend you do that with any show that like your friend hasn't seen because it's a lot of fun. Really, really great. (laughs) Please, please don't ask me any questions about Game of Thrones. You don't you've never watched, right? Uh, I've watched two or three episodes and gave up uh, without saying it's that it's bad. I mean, there's so many people watching it that it cannot be bad. (laughs) I'm just afraid it's probably not the type of show i enjoy huh i mean what's wrong with incest and a lot of nudity (laughs) 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 and a shit ton of blood you know i mean you know all the wrong and horrible things i do on game of thrones you know the part that like gets me the most what's that and it does in every movie when horses die horses (laughs) If I see a okay. horse, if I, I don't, I don't know why, but if I see a horse on screen like die, I immediately lose my shit. Like ugly girl crying, lose my shit. <laughs> no, don't kill the horses. <laughs> I mean, I you know, there's rape scenes in Game of Thrones, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but for God's sake, don't kill the goddamn horses. <laughs> That's some good priorities. I, I, yeah, I'm messed up. I, I blame, I blame American politics on this one. <laughs> if you do follow American politics, you do get a lot of uh, the the other topics as well. Yeah, you it's, have, it's, you all, have to admit. it's all really pretty gross right now. <laughs> oh, god damn it! Okay, so we're definitely going to leave it off from there because I'm going to catch a lot of crap. so toby is at red robbery on twitter and i am at the the suzy shaf t-h-e-s-u-s-i-e-s-c-h-a-a-f uh toby thank you so much for joining me and peeps thank you so much for listening as always and uh we'll be back at you soon hope you enjoyed cheers (laughs) 